0: Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I speak to you in the name of the risen Christ. Amen. Please. We're here. We're here. It's Easter morning and we are here together, praise God. The Gospel tells us the resurrection took three days, but But by my account, it's been three years. we made it. Singers, musicians, ministers, elders, youngers, all in the building through live stream together. Hooray. And our hearts, dear ones, what's on your heart this Easter morn? Loving God, look upon your people We come with joyful expectation, with grateful hearts. We come with hurt and heartbreak and worry too. We come with hope and delight. We come with prayers for the world, for ourselves, for those whom we love and those we struggle to love, with loss and with promise. Above all, we come in the hopes, dear God, that you will fill our hearts anew. We come with hope." So what is your hope? God knows our hearts, our inmost selves. The first Easter changed forever the lives of those first disciples. So today, for you, O God, hear our prayer. Amen. Now the women, they came early that morning at dawn. The cool night air still lingered from the heat of the day. As was the custom, the women came with spices to anoint Jesus' body. They had no need to speak with one another. They honored the still quiet of the morning, the empty, ache, the exhausted, tears dry on their cheeks, and the silence of the morning made loud the silent bewilderment of their hearts of events seemingly gone terribly awry of the deceit, the betrayal, Jesus' submission, his dignity and resolute love. In Luke's telling, the women did not see or meet the risen Christ, neither did Peter, who followed after them. They simply found the tomb empty. Perplexed, two men in dazzling clothes announced, he's not here, he is risen. And the women stood now between the recent memory of the Jesus they'd known and loved and last seen his broken body taken from the cross. Between that Jesus and the risen Christ they'll meet some days hence with others in the breaking of bread, the opening of Scripture, the gift of revelation, in gentle touch, joyous amazement, the call to love. And people of faith and of no faith, of lost faith and deep faith, have stood in this empty in-between space since that very first Easter and wondered what are we to make of this? So there are two things on my heart to say about Easter this year. The first is this, that the joy of new life is not separate from the pain of loss. The pain is part of the joy. I think we've all become more attentive these past couple of years to this unresolved tension. And Easter begs the question, how do we proclaim victory and joy when so much is still broken? when there is quite literally a world of hurt within and all about us and when we continue to perpetrate hurt despite our deepest intentions. I keep returning to Carl Jung's observation when in 1954 with the Cold War tension between Russia and the United States at an extreme, a student asked what he thought of the likelihood of nuclear war and Jung responded, I think it depends on how many people can stand the tension of the opposites in themselves. Hmm? Because if enough of us can do so, he said, I think the situation will just hold and we shall be able to creep around innumerable threats and avoid the worst catastrophe of all. The redemptive love of God revealed in Easter does not take away all the pain or sin or death, but it reveals the way of salvation whereby we can live in pain with sin and death, yet live with love, with forgiveness, with joy, and yes, new life. Some years ago, Archbishop Desmond Tutu traveled to Dharamsala to spend a week with the Dalai Lama in celebration of the latter's 80th birthday. The Book of Joy recounts their time together. It's It's a mix of wisdom, beauty, and a whole lot of laughter. Each of them spoke of this tension of holding suffering and compassion as the way to joy and redemption. The Dalai Lama described a practice of Buddhist meditation, beginning close in with attention on our own suffering, then moving out in ever-widening circles, attentive to the pain in our family, our community, our nation, the world. Mindful now that the suffering of the experience by all, our own pain no longer has claim upon us and we're free to live with compassion and joy. Archbishop Tutu spoke of a similar journey, but as a physical practice, physically crossing every division to stand and to be with the other. This is the embodied practice of Christ's resurrection. We know Tutu's life's testimony of marching, advocating, protesting, then truth-telling, listening, crying, forgiving, that leads now to touching, caressing, kissing, and irrepressible laughing. According to assisting, uh, according to presiding Bishop Curry's assistant, the Reverend Stephanie Spellers, she describes this resurrection practice as an act of solidarity. Says she, solidarity is love crossing the borders drawn by self-centrism to enter in to the situation of the other for the purpose of mutual relationship and struggle that heals us all and enacts God's beloved community. Says she, solidarity is the voice that finally comprehends, you're not the same as me, but part of you lives in me. Your freedom and mine were always inextricably entwined, and now I see it. And because of what I see, I choose to live differently. I will go there with you for your sake and for mine. And this leads to the second truth on my heart, revealed in Easter's redemptive love that we belong to one another. Easter is for all of us, for all of us together. Again Archbishop Tutu describes this as Ubuntu, says Tutu, a person is a person through other persons. None of us comes into the world fully formed. We would not know how to think or walk or speak or behave as human beings unless we learned it from other human beings. We need other human beings in order to be human, says he, I am, because other people are. And I think we heard this reflected just 10 days ago in the words of Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson as she spoke on the South Lawn of the White House, where she did not speak of her own giftedness, her accomplishments. She said thank you to many, many, many people, one by one, from her parents to the aides who helped prepare her for the hearings. Said Justice Jackson, to be sure, I have worked hard to get to this point in my career, and I have now achieved something far beyond anything my grandparents could have possibly ever imagined but no one does this on their own. The path was cleared for me so that I might rise to this occasion. I am standing on the shoulders of generations of Americans who never had anything close to this kind of opportunity, but who got up every day and went to work believing in the promise of America. We belong to one another We belong to one another. This is the truth we affirm as we gather together at church in the very act of being here. This is an Easter proclamation that we reaffirm every Sunday in our prayers that reach deep within and far beyond that we receive in the feast we share from archbishops and Supreme Court justices to you and to me We share in the redemptive power of the resurrection as we cross each and any of the divisions that separate us. Your acts of compassion, your hospitality for the stranger, your advocacy, the confession you make, and the forgiveness you receive, your love in the heartbreak and compassion, sacrifice and generosity, the gentle caress, the bursts of laughter and joy. These are the movements of God's love. This is the embodiment of the resurrected Christ, and this is Easter. So you know the expression, what would Jesus do? Well, I've been teased. Ledley, don't ask that. It'll just make you all earnest. No, you need to ask, what would Desmond do? Desmond Desmond Tutu. And why? Because every time you see Desmond Tutu, he is all smiles, laughing or dancing with joy. All that he lived through, it's all about joy. He and the Dalai Lama together, the two of them just giggle like a pair of mischievous little boys. So what would Desmond Tutu do this morning? Well, first he'd burst out laughing that we'd even ask such a foolish question. Being Easter, he might remind us of the promise of heaven. We may be surprised at the people we find in heaven, said he, because God has a soft spot for sinners. His standards are quite low. In the end, what matters is not how good we are, but how God is. Not how much we love God, but how much God loves us. And God loves us whoever we are and whatever we've done or failed to do, whatever we believe or can't. And then he would ask about and enter into the pain and the joy of our lives and name the truth, take hold of one another, and begin to dance, gathering each one by the hand, forming a great circle to dance and dance all the day long into the beloved community of God. Whatever else you do this day, get up and dance. Actually, let's get up and dance. Come on, right now, get up and dance, let's do it. Hallelujah. Christ is risen, uh, is risen indeed, Hallelujah. Come on, Easter dance, you got it in you, yes you do. <laughs> Amen. Let us say together the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. Make.